There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back, beautiful mamas. In today's episode, I talk to a beautiful mama and friend of mine about the contrast of motherhood and how we can be filled with such deep, unconditional love for our children and at the same time, such fear and worry about them. How we can internalize this struggle and instead feel like our role is to protect them forevermore and what this does to us as women. Fleur Chambers is a mama of three boys, three boys all in three years. She is also a mindfulness and meditation teacher. Her meditations on the Insight Timer app have been downloaded hundreds of thousands of times. If you are on that app, follow her to make sure you understand how divine her insights into our mind, body and spirit really are. But in this episode, Flo and I talk about the realities of that fear versus love, how we can let go, how we can trust, how we can feel all that we need to feel and not tip into anxiety and overwhelm and what we really need to be supported through these years of motherhood. I know you will love her beautiful insights. Enjoy. This is the Happy Mama Movement, a weekly podcast dedicated to changing the conversation about what it means to be a mother and a woman in this day and age. I'm Amy Taylor Cabaz, author, mama, and former journalist. After spending 15 years chasing news and burning myself out trying to be superwoman, I realized that I was chasing a dream that no longer served me. And since then, have dedicated myself to understanding the transition that we go through as women when our whole identity shifts with motherhood. Every week, I will bring you the very best insights and inspiration I can find to help us all change the way we feel about this time in our lives and create a movement that allows us to honour motherhood differently. Fleur, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I'm so looking forward to hearing your story and all of your insights. It's my pleasure to be here with you, Amy. I'm really excited. So let's go back to your first experience of being a mama. I know that 
in your life, this was a real catalyst, a real cracking open moment. And I know so many of my listeners are going to really resonate with how this unfolded for you. So let's go back. When was your first baby born? Um, About 11 and a half years ago, um, I gave birth to my first son called Tom. And it's really interesting. I, I look back on that day now and just realize how much fear there was. So I remember with this real sense of clarity, having a shower after the first shower you're allowed after you've given birth and there was no joy. There was just an absolute awakening of fear within me. I was thinking, I'm never going to be able to take my eyes off this child. I have to keep it safe for the rest of its life. Mm. This, This bubbled up as well as this sense of I'm not good enough. The midwife put Tom on my chest in a way that made it very difficult for me to do that first latching on breastfeeding moment. And I felt so unsure that I didn't rearrange him. And so I didn't, I was worried about breaking his arms or his legs or putting him in a funny position. So we didn't have that first moment of connection on the breast. And I look back on that now and I never realized how powerful that moment was. But from the moment my first son was born, I felt like I wasn't a good enough mother. And really the years just continued with me operating from that place. So the fear and the sense of not being good enough just really had a profound impact on my behavior and sense of well-being. So I just developed these practices of constant planning of strategizing, of ruminating, of being one step ahead. I'd pack bags the day before thinking that if I could just control my physical environment that perhaps I would be able to feel more comfortable with the fear or push it down. And as I'm sure you know, it did not work. Yes. I mean, it sounds like I've heard so many stories over the years of postnatal anxiety, which is exactly what you say. You get this heightened sense of the the danger of this world for your little one. What do you, now that you're so many years past those first moments, do you think it was this sense of responsibility and that first questioning of whether you could do this that started that or was there something else going on there? Um, Yeah, I think for me fear is a real, fear manifests for me in terms of physical safety. So that was one thing that I really latched onto. But I think what was probably underneath the fear was love, you know, a real sense of unbridled love for my children and how I was going to do absolutely everything I could to be the best mother I could. Um, And so the journey for me has really been about leaning into love more than fear. Every day we have to choose love over fear. And love is scary. It requires you to be vulnerable, it requires you to be courageous and it, re- it requires you to face up to the fact that no matter what we do, we actually can't control our lives nor can we control the lives of our children. All we can do is, you know, open our hearts and 
be the best mother we can in the moment we have. Oh, so true. It is fear, is just love. (laughs) It's in such intensity that it feels scary, isn't it? That's such a beautiful way to look at it. Wow. Yeah, and the magic happens when you lean into the love, doesn't it? Mm. Um, and for so many of us, we we never do. So we get really consumed in the managing the day-to-day realities of life and this actually just engages our stress response even more. So most mothers um, who I interact with are either one step behind or one step ahead all day, every day. And this just creates more stress and more fear. Um, So what I noticed happened to me, I then responded to this fear just by producing two other children. I mean, that's just what you do when you're scared. I'll just produce (laughs) two more. So I had three children under three. People didn't even congratulate me when I told them I was having my third child. (laughs) My my mum just looked at me like... You're not coping with two, Dal. Why would you be having a third? And so what happened when I had the three kids is the fear was just crazy. Pool fences weren't high enough. The traffic lights didn't go for long enough. Um, But I also had this deep sense of loneliness. I was never actually on my own. I didn't have a second to myself, but I felt deeply lonely. And I now understand that as a real yearning to get to know myself and the love that was sitting underneath. Let's talk about that a little bit more because that resonates so much with me when I talk about the process of matrescence, of us really transforming through motherhood. I believe it is really an invitation for us to get to know ourselves, to really understand the true self underneath, as you said, the fear or the old patterns or the stories that have been handed down to us of what it means to be a good mother or a successful woman, what's really happening here is a chance for us to learn who we really are. So why do you think you felt lonely in that moment? Because I think that's going to resonate. Share with me what you feel. It's amazing. You just literally took the words out of my mouth, Amy, when you said (laughs) it's an invitation to get to know yourself more. And that takes courage. Absolutely. Um, So there's a wisdom within each of us that gets drowned out when we focus too much on our external environment. So what society says, what our family says, Um, what social media says. And so when we pay too much attention to our sense of self in relation to our external environment, we really lose an ability to listen to our own inner wisdom. And when you're stressed, that's also very difficult. But when you spend time in meditation or in contemplation, have a mindful moment, you really do tap into a a deep sense of wisdom that is calming. It feels like coming home. And if you can actually operate in your day from this place, you just feel good about yourself. I mean, I, I still make mistakes. I still lose my cool. I still 
forget things, but I never feel like a bad person. I never feel like a bad mum. So it's not that you'll get things right all the time, but you just like yourself more. And if you're curious and you have a warm-hearted sense of curiosity, you like what you see and it's very interesting. So even you learn about yourself some things that maybe, you know, you're not super proud of or you don't love, but that's okay because you're um, bringing a warm-hearted sense of curiosity to the learning. So I, I love learning about myself, even the parts of me that, you know, I wouldn't stand on a rooftop and shout out to everyone. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's beautiful getting to know yourself. Mm, so good. So listening to you, and I know you personally, and you have such a sense of presence about you, and to hear how you were at the beginning of motherhood, it doesn't even compute in my mind because that's not the fleur that I no, I, I see you as such a different person than someone who would have felt so fearful and anxious and scared. So for anyone who's listening, what were the first things that you did to move yourself into this life now of liking who you are and living so mindfully and aware of yourself? If you could go back to those, you know, the, the first steps you took to find yourself. Yeah, and that's a really wonderful question. And my first steps are still my go-to steps. It's a practice. So I engage my senses. It's by far the most powerful way for me to get out of my busy, distracted mind and into the present moment. And I use my kids as tools all the time. So if I'm busy planning about tomorrow and my kids ask me a question, I go, go, right, this is my moment to engage my senses. I get down on their level. I notice their little eyelashes. I hear their little voice. I touch their skin. I, I allow that moment to land within me. So this was the first way I introduced a sense of mindfulness into my life and I still do it eight years later. So when we engage our senses, our bodies automatically relax. We come into the present moment and we get out of our thinking mind. So, And then we let the moment linger. We let it land because so often we do something good for ourselves but we don't stay in it for long enough. So if you notice a beautiful tree, if you hear your children laugh, rest there a moment or two. Don't move on to the next thing allow it to land and that's how over the time you relax and create a pathway that enables you to really get in touch with who you are because you can't do that when you're stressed and distracted. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And so how does that, you mentioned briefly what that does to our senses, to our body, but how does that then translate into the rest of our life? So if we're able to catch ourselves, be mindful enough in the moment and really be, be able to sit on the floor with our kids or take those moments to notice, what then trickles into getting to know yourself? How does that then become this whole transformation of understanding yourself and the fear and the love and all of that? Well, when our... You know, when our nervous system is really engaged in um, forward projecting or 
planning or when we're stressed, we can't access our own wisdom. It's like the pathway is blocked. So mindfulness and relaxing your body and coming into the present is the segue to personal growth. I mean, you, you can't learn about yourself and tap into your own wisdom when you're stressed. It's yes. like the pathway is closed. So that's what I see. So first of all, you commit to small moments of presence each day. They could be noticing the breeze on your face, noticing a tree, a moment of laughter, drinking your coffee and just enjoying it, not wiping down the bench at the same time. And so when over time you commit to a few of these moments each day, um, you're then creating a space to get to know yourself because you're more relaxed. And then how you get to know yourself is just being open to feelings in your body or um, just a a curiosity um, about where you're at, how you're feeling. I, I really tap into the physical wisdom of my body. So if my body speaks to me all the time, so a tightness in my tummy Um, or a pain across my um, eyes or a tightness in my jaw is a real indication that something's going on for me. Do you have, do you have a way of tapping into a deeper level of intelligence within you? Yes, I do the same. I use my physical body, but I draw my energy out of my thinking mind and draw it down through my centre, like down through my throat. I hold a lot of tension in my throat. I have a thyroid disease, so that part of my energy body is very blocked. And I draw the energy and the attention down and down and down and kind of ground myself into the moment because most of my overwhelm and anxiety comes from my thinking mind. I'm, I'm just constantly trying to figure things out. And uh, the surrender that I need to have to be able to live in alignment comes from being back down in the, in the moment and in the present. Yeah. Yeah. So when I, when I was very stressed with the three children, I did two things. I joined a choir And I started to dance this um, no lycra, no lights. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Oh, yes. Wow. And I didn't realise at the time, but that was was like therapy for me. And when I danced, I would do these like tribal moves really, really low down on the ground. And it was my way of getting out of my busy thinking mind. Mm -hmm. And when when I was singing, that's just you a long exhalation, which is how you relax. So I found two things to do in my life that were actually like medicine. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realise. So I wonder if any of your listeners are naturally drawn to something that might actually be medicine that they could really be more intentional about. I mean, if someone loves having a walk in the morning and seeing the sunrise, well, know that that's part of that's part of an invitation for you to get to know yourself. Or if you love cooking and you've stopped cooking, get back into cooking, be creative, smell, notice taste, texture, colour. So what is it that people are naturally drawn to in their lives that they can enhance? So it's actually an invitation for 
spirituality to grow or wisdom because there's invitations all around us. Oh, exactly. And that is what this transformation of motherhood is, as we said at the beginning. Right before we started to hit record, you said something I just want to flesh out a little bit as well. You said in terms of that fear that you felt um, so intensely when motherhood began that you said working on transforming that fear is the work of motherhood. And that gave me goosebumps and I really feel this, that to be able to love wholly, not lose ourselves in that love, and feel certain that we are doing enough, that's the work, isn't it? Ah, and that's absolutely the work and that we can't control it. I mean, I I support women and sometimes I'll support two sisters and they will have grown up in exactly the same house with exactly the same parents and they're un- understanding of their childhood is totally different Mm -hmm. isn't that amazing so we also have to add in temperament of your children and everything so there's no guarantees we show up each day with an open heart we do the best we can with what we've got but there's no guarantees and this is what we have to settle into and we have to love through this and we have to love anyway Yeah, my sister and I often say if we knew what motherhood would really be like, not sure we would have chosen it. This is on the hard days. But it's so true. If you think about it, you create these humans and you do your absolute best to protect them and love them and turn them into the most beautiful human beings. But really at the end of the day, it's got nothing to do with you. It's just this talk about, as you said, the work. How can you love and let go? How can you trust that it's going to be okay even when it might not be okay? Like, oh, that is what the work is. So so for me, the learning to let go and the trust is also about building a set of deep inner resources within me that I feel like if I have, I could withstand anything. So each day I use mindfulness to grow these inner strengths, things like compassion, gratitude, humour, perspective, wonder, joy. And I feel like if I have these things deep within me, I'm like a strong tree with deep roots that even if the winds of change blew through my life, it wouldn't knock me over. So if something happens to a child at school, they have a bad day, if something happens to your finances, you've got all of these inner resources to draw upon. And so I find that a really practical way to let go because you're not just letting go and surrendering into the whole unknown, you're taking wise action to cultivate this deep sense of inner strength and resilience So when life does throw you a curveball, you've got what it takes. Oh, I could not agree with you more. And I have to say, just in the last few months, have had a very big family traumatic moment happen to all of us. And I could not have done 
what I did to support so many people and myself and my kids without these practices. It has reinforced what I do 1,000%. And I do think that that's what I would love all mamas to know is that we're doing this on a daily basis, as you beautifully said, so we can be this strong, rooted tree that no matter what comes, we're going to be okay. I think that's a beautiful way to describe it. Thank you. Because that's what stress really is. Stress is feeling like you you don't have the inner resources to respond to what's going on in your your external world. So that's why feelings of um, unworthiness, not being good enough, all of that, that fuels stress, absolutely. Because if you feel like you're not worthy or you're not enough, how would you imagine that you would respond to life's challenges in that way? So a really practical way to respond to the stress that that comes from that is to grow these deep inner resources and we can do that each day just through moments of connection, moments of gratitude. They don't need to be fancy or grand. You can have them anytime, anywhere. But it's uh, I support mums and I support mums who have grown up children like 45 and the worrying and the holding your children in your heart doesn't end. I think sometimes when you have small children, people think it'll get easier when they're at school. It'll get easier when they've got a job, whatever, but it doesn't. The only way it gets easier is if we do the work. It's got nothing to do with the life stages your children are at. Mm, absolutely wow that's it that is so true that is the work Fleur I just have loved this conversation and your insights thank you so much Um, it is a great privilege to be sharing this with you thank you it's been lovely to have this chat with you Amy thank you for having me thank you so many spectacular insights in this episode wasn't there I adore Fleur's approach to how we can honour ourselves, especially what she said about the deep isolation you can feel even if you're surrounded by children 24-7. This is our soul inviting us to get quiet, to look at how we're feeling, to really get to know ourselves in a different and new way. You can look at all of Fleur's beautiful programs and work at harvestinghappiness.com.au and please go onto the Insight Timer app and find her amazing meditations that have been downloaded hundreds of thousands of times by mamas and women around the world. And thank you for continuing to support this podcast and share it with all of your mama friends. This is how we continue to enlighten these conversations around motherhood. And I am internally grateful for your support. Until next week, Satnam.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.